Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastors blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Our lesson today is entitled John 17, Sanctify Them in the Truth. Our text to begin is John chapter 17. We're going to read from verse 17 to 19. It says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. We arrive today at one of the most essential and foundational passages of Christian theology. Later in our study of John, we will come to the place where Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? The truth is something that is impossible to find unless we look in the right place. In this passage, Jesus defines what truth is. He says God's word is truth. It is the universal standard that transcends cultural differences, varying historical contexts, distinct philosophical positions, and diversity in nationalities. Its truth applies to all people everywhere and is given for all people everywhere. The next thing we find Jesus praying for us in his prayers to his Father on our behalf is that we would be sanctified in the truth of God's word. The word sanctify means to set something apart for a certain purpose. Here, we see Jesus praying that we be set apart for truth. He goes on to say that the purpose of setting apart his own life was for the very reason of our sanctification in the truth. He says that's why he consecrated, which is another word similar to sanctifying or dedicating. The reason he consecrated himself was that we would be set apart in truth. There's two sides of this purpose I want us to think about, that we be of the truth and that we be for the truth. In the phrase of the truth, I mean that we approach God according to his revelation and not our own. I'm teaching through a series on the book of Jude right now. I think Jude is a very neglected book by many believers it's an extremely practical book in that it gives us a lens with which to use to distinguish true followers of Christ from false professors of faith. In one of the verses in Jude's epistle, verse number 8, he describes false believers this way, saying, Yet in like manner these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. These are all characteristics that identify someone as a false Christian. It says they rely on their dreams as their source of authority and reject God's authority. How do we know what God wants us to do? By submitting to his word. I once dialogued with someone who was contradicting scripture by what they were practicing. I shared a couple of passages of scripture that showed them God didn't want them to do what they were doing. The person responded, defending what they were doing, saying they had a dream in high school where they saw God telling them to do what they were doing. Then later, the person came to me and said that I had troubled them greatly with the scriptures I shared with them. So they went and found a study Bible to explain what exactly those passages meant so that their mind was put at rest, that they weren't being disobedient to God. 
Friend, if you have to go looking for a person who will support you in doing what God has told you not to do, you are not living for the truth, and perhaps you are revealing you are not actually of the truth. Back in John chapter 4, we read this about worship God desires in verses 23 and 24 of John 4. It says, But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. God demands we approach Him in truth. In his first epistle, John writes these things to us on distinguishing those who are of the truth from those who are not. In 1 John chapter 4, from verse 4 to 6, we read, Little children, you are from God, and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Jesus made this statement further expounding this reality when he spoke to Pilate about how people of the truth listen to the truth. In John 18 verse 37 we read, Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Those who are of the truth are proven to be so by their faithful response to God's word. We have been delivered from error and set apart as children of truth. As such, we must be people who are also for the truth. By the statement that we are for the truth, I mean we are proclaimers of God's truth to the world. Returning again to an earlier concept we saw in the Gospel of John, Jesus said this of himself in John chapter 8, verse 12. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And still earlier, going all the way back to John chapter 1, if we read from verse 4 to verse 9, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus is the light that leads us, all of us from darkness into God's kingdom. Remember that throughout scripture, God speaks of our reality where we don't know him is that we wander in darkness. We are blind. We, we cannot come to God because we are blind. We cannot see the way. And Jesus was the light that showed us the path to God, made the way for us. He's the light of the world. Well, Jesus then applied this same title to his church in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, from verse 14 to 16, we read this. 
He says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We are to proclaim God's truth to the world, just as Christ did. We have been sanctified in the truth, for the truth, to declare God's truth to the world. I have said many times in the past that I think there are three essential reasons for the wrong decisions and actions people take. Number one is that you don't know what God says. If you are ignorant of God's truth, you will of course make decisions and take actions out of that ignorance, and your ignorance will thus lead you into trouble. The second reason is that you don't understand God's word. You may have some knowledge of God's word, but you don't grasp it. Therefore, you can't apply it properly in your life. The third reason is that you reject God's word. This is where you find most people. They intentionally ignore God's word, and what, they're, what they are confronted with, they reject. I think it is safe to say that those three reasons, or a combination of them, are the cause of every sinful decision and action people take. Notice that all three qualities do not fit the description Jesus gives of his true followers. His true followers are for the truth. How can we be of the truth and for the truth, brethren, unless we devote ourselves to the truth? And what is truth, according to what Jesus says? It is the Bible. Jesus prayed for us to be set apart in the truth. He did not ask for riches, honor, and health for us. He asked that we be sanctified in the truth. Are you praying for that, friend? If you pray for it, do you really mean it? You might say to me, if I pray for it, then of course I mean it, Masumba. Well, I would say that's not necessarily true. If it's truly important to you, you'll make time for studying the truth. And when you know more truth, you'll apply that truth. When we started this chapter, I mentioned how we should compare and contrast Jesus' priorities in prayer with our priorities. Don't you think Jesus knows better than we do what is important and what we need? He said he consecrated himself so that we might be set apart in the truth. Are you and I fulfilling the purpose Jesus sacrificed himself for? Or are we working towards our own agenda? Who are truly the disciples of Christ, according to what Jesus says? We'll conclude with the answer to that, which we read in John 8, verses 31 and 32, where Jesus says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God bless you all.